Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, if this group of marketing leaders on the mics today know a thing or two about marketing and business, it's that many professionals across the entire customer and marketing supply chain risk losing career relevancy because they're losing sight of both marketing's fundamentals the diverse new capabilities they need, and perhaps most importantly, an understanding of how different marketing and customer functions all join up to drive business growth. There's a hugely diverse and complex stack of roles in the customer and marketing profession, from brand, performance, and social marketing specialists, to media, customer tech agencies, and e-commerce executives. And even the fancy tech-savvy 20-something grads and their colleagues in media, customer tech, and agencies have some big challenges ahead. Senior marketers on the mics today are concerned the rapidly evolving consumer and business economy is putting perhaps the greatest pressure of any profession on marketing and how capabilities, skills and remits are evolving and broadening incredibly fast. But unlike accountants, engineers or doctors, marketing and its associated professions haven't galvanised sufficiently around a single set of baseline professional capabilities, standards and credentials. Think chartered accountants, certified practicing accountants or CPAs and the like. But that is all about to change. The non-profit Australian Marketing Institute has been undergoing a massive overhaul for the past year with an ambitious plan to bring some real certified professional credentials for anyone in any part of the marketing supply chain. The AMI has been operating for decades, but under a revamped board and a newish CEO, Bronwyn Powell, the former global and Australian marketer with the likes of Mars and KFC, The Australian Marketing Institute has done to itself what's required of industry professionals. It's reinvented for relevancy with a new professional competency framework which sees AMI members more clearly and cohesively move through tiers of professional certification. It starts with an AMI graduate member and chartered marketer certification for those up to three years into their marketing career, moving through to those who are a CMO or even an agency head with more than 10 years' experience who can become an AMI-certified practicing marketer. And the top accreditation is a fellow AMI-certified practicing marketer, and I'm not sure I'll ever get there. Now, behind these AMI accreditation tiers is a substantial overhaul of the professional competencies required to land them. And on the mics today are some leading marketers to unpack their challenges with team capabilities, skill sets, and why we need to back an industry-wide professional certification program. Joining the Australian Marketing Institute's CEO, Bronwyn Powell, is ANZ's Kate Young, who leads the bank's customer centricity and marketing capabilities program for its 300-plus marketing team, which also, by the way, plugs into the AMI. Joining Kate is Deloitte CMO, Rochelle Tognetti, who manages a team of 270 people and Destination New South Wales General Manager of Marketing, Catherine Illy who has been leading the charge to broaden the capabilities of her team beyond a heavy focus on performance and tactical marketing. This conversation, I think, is a critically important one for industry and industry leaders, and our panel is about to explain why. So, Bronwyn Powell, we might start with you, uh, really. It's a long introduction, but um, how about a big picture view, really, on what's happening to marketing in capabilities and its professional standing? And the good, bad and ugly on that one, Bronwyn. And there are some significant challenges ahead for a lot of people, a lot of people in the marketing profession full stop. Welcome, Bronwyn, and um, the big picture view. 
Yeah, thank you, Paul, and thanks for having us here today. Um, something I always love talking about, which is marketing capabilities. And they've always been important, but now they're more important than ever before. Uh, I think of any function that sits on the exec team, um, the role of the CMO and the CMO's team is the one that has changed the most in terms of skill set requirements um, of that team over the last five to 10 years. I mean, it would be Remiss of me not to say that it is a rapidly evolving profession that we are all in in marketing. But the most important thing is that we have a proficient and relevant um, pipeline of marketers who are coming through. So what I believe and what we believe at the Australian Marketing Institute is that great marketers build great brands which build growth for um, organisations and are essential um, on any exec team and an essential function within an organisation. But what we're seeing, the good, I suppose, to your question is we're seeing organisations prioritise that upskilling and you're going to hear about that today from some of our partners um, like ANZ um, and others um, who are really investing in their marketing teams because they're seeing it as critically important. Um, but I suppose on the on the other side, the opportunity, which we always see there is, is for um, all marketers to really focus on core competencies, um, which is where, you know, I have a lot of passion around having come through more brand and strategy and seeing a real shift, I suppose, to performance marketing and short-term marketing that brand insight, strategy, customer experience are still really important just as much as performance marketing. Um, and it's a real focus that I think we need to ensure that we have what I'd call T-shaped marketers um, who actually have a range and a broad knowledge of skills, particularly if you want to get to the C-suite in your career, you're going to require to have that. So that's what we're, you know, really focusing on ensuring that we have all those competencies. And sure, there are people who go deeper, but you do need to make sure you have a range of skills in marketing because marketing is a complex profession with a, a range of skills required to succeed. Bronwyn, you kind of, you touched on it there, you hinted to it that there are some of these fundamentals in marketing that have been lost or are diluting and you hinted at maybe some of the reasons. What is going on there? Why are they being lost and why are they so core to a, a marketer's capability? You know, I think we all need the, we, we talk about five core competencies, insight, brand, customer experience, digital and strategy or strategy and digital. The challenges are ensuring when you've got, um, you know, people... They've got 250 people in their in their marketing team. How do you ensure that people have got some of those skills as well? And sometimes you you just need to have those at a basic level because if you're collaborating across a marketing team, yes, you need to be deep on a functional skill, but you do need to be able to have some of those other core skills as well and some of those fundamental skills. I mean, one of them, which I can talk a little bit more to later, is definitely around you know data and data analytics, which we're seeing a massive rise in terms of that skill capability. Um, and I think probably the challenge ahead is ensuring that we've got talent in our teams that have got diverse skills and capability as we move people around different roles cross-functionally, up, down and across. And I think, you know, we really need to ensure that people are realising all those skills throughout their career. I mean, there are lots of ways to do that. I know we'll talk more about that, but you can do that through on the job, learning through others, learning through courses and, you know, learning through your actual job is a great way, you know. I guess the starting point is you've got to want to learn too, right? You've got to be open to and want yeah. to be curious. Absolutely. I mean, I say you need to be a lifelong learner. I mean, mm. I'm sure my 
my peers on this call would say today there have been lifelong learners I certainly have known I've had to keep up to date and relevant by constantly learning every single year some new skill. The AMI has been under a bit of a, a revamp and a reinvention itself, right, since you joined and there's a sort of a new bunch of board members and so forth. What's the top line on this revamped marketer's competency framework that you've developed? Um, give us the top line at least and we'll, we'll drill in a bit later. Yeah, so look, a few years ago, Paul, we started this journey um, in terms of marketing competencies and we, we knew that there was a range of skills, as I said, to be successful not only in your career but also to build great brands. So we started working with other marketing associations around the world, like the Chartered Marketing Institute out of um, the UK, and also we went and talked to 50 CMOs um, about what it was required to be competent in marketing. And out of that's come our AMI Marketers Competency Framework, which I know we'll talk more about later. But it was a, it, it's a guiding light for marketing leaders to identify those skill gaps in their teams and also for individuals to map their career ops. I mean, as I say, if you haven't got a career plan, you could end up anywhere. So I would suggest getting a career plan is one tip out of today. And identify those skills and identify what your roadmap is to the more senior um, marketing roles that you will have aspiration for. We know marketers are pretty pretty much, a, a, you know, try to control their career and have great aspirations, a lot of them, to be a CMO one day. The overall framework, just to, you know, in, in a quick one, is I think there's something like 25 competencies that you've sort of yeah. um, identified across uh, three core areas, Bronwyn, that's marketing, business, and people, right? Those are the three core, and there's 25 mm -hmm. within that. And that's where it all fits in. It all fits in within that sort of those three core pillars, right? Yeah, so there's three core pillars, um, those three core, which is you know, marketing, and marketing is in core and technical. Um, then we have business, and then we have people. And we map that across five proficiency levels, which are based on the Australian qualification standards. So, and I have to say, it's exactly in line with what they're doing in the US and what they're doing in the UK, Europe, Ireland. I've talked to all of them, and we're very, very similar. A lot of people ask me, are some of these skills transferable internationally for international organisations? And yes, these are the skills you require because I've connected with all of them um, globally as well around those around those skills. Kate, ANZ has been on a, a very similar mission since 2019. I think you, you share the AMI's view that some of the fundamentals in marketing have been lost and there's a need for far more capabilities really for a new world of, of complexity. Um, why and where has your internal program been focused? So why have you started it, Kate? And we've, you've been on the mics before. Um, it was we've got a lot of interest, but welcome back. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, look, I think it's a fascinating time for marketing. We kind of realised uh, the rapid rate of change of the marketing industries and the capabilities required to underpin that back in 2019, which is why we established um, ANZ's first marketing capability program, Marketing Masters. And um, we really, really were on a journey to think about what did the transformation of marketing need to look like at ANZ? What were the critical capabilities that would underpin that transformation now and three, five years into the future. And as a result of that capability uplift through reskilling and upskilling, how could we create better value uh, for the organisation? What I would say is, you know, it, I think there's never been a more exciting time to be in marketing than right now because it is so rapidly uh, evolving. But with that comes some inherent challenges around fundamentals, the core of marketing and emerging capabilities and how they connect or, or live within an ecosystem. And to share some of the sentiment that Bronwyn's just you know, expressed, the fundamentals of marketing remain the same. 
our role of, as marketers to understand the needs, the drivers of our customers, and how we could create you know, compelling propositions that deeply resonate and connect our customers to brands will always stay the same. Yet some of the tools we're seeing, some of the different technology, the different platforms require the need for upskilling and reskilling. So when we think about the Marketing Masters program and I think about what we developed in 2019 versus what we're developing now and as we look into 2024 and beyond, it does look quite different. We're almost running a two-speed strategy. We're still a gravitating our marketers towards a capability framework that sets expectations around the core of marketing, the things that will always remain the same, as I've just mentioned. But we are also thinking about the future and we're preparing our marketers through upskilling and reskilling programs for a world that might exist in two, three years' time. We're thinking about the ever-evolving role of personalization into anticipation. We're thinking about the role of the expansive technology that will enable, enable greater automation. We're thinking about the role of Gen AI. Gen AI. We're thinking about the changing definition of marketing effectiveness. So it really is about bridging those two wells and bringing today and tomorrow together to make sure our marketers are prepared for that, um, that world. Some great points, Kate. And I guess the my question there is across all those sort of future, or bas- basically the fundamentals and the future-facing capabilities that you're working on, are you expecting all of your team to have a, a fix or a, a take on, on all this, or is it, do they delve into different areas based on their own career path? It's a great question. Um, we really think about our training and our curriculum and the program holistically in terms of audience segments. So people do have different roles within the organisation. We don't expect everyone to be an expert level of mastery in every capability. We underpin our program by 22 capabilities. What we have is a foundational or uh, an emerging level of mastery that we do expect everyone to have an understanding. And we expect everyone to understand terminology, the themes. Do we expect them all to be able to practice or be an expert level of mastery? No. So we do actually think about and map all of our capabilities by role type. So what we have is unique profiles for our individuals that say, based on the role that you have, or indeed the role that you may want in the future, these are the the levels of of mastery or proficiency that we would expect across those capabilities. So kind of a core, proficient and expert level program, depending upon the role that you have. And what's happened, Kate, as a result of that? What's happened to your team? Do, the, do you get a sense, and I guess your benchmarking will, will show this, are they a more broadly, more rounded marketer as a result or what happens with the capabilities? Are they building new t- uh, capabilities they didn't have before and that's showing through? How are you measuring the, sort of the impact of this program? Obviously, through our training programs, we test pre and post uh, comprehension. We also measure application into the workforce And we have a number of um, measures in place that can actually track capability uplift year on year based on the behaviours that the individual has demonstrated as calibrated by the leaders and also by self-assessments. And even down to to things like feedback from partners and agencies, reduced rework, brief scoring. There are a number of of metrics that we bring together to correlate into uh, a measure that suggests that we are driving capability uplift through these programs. 
Are your people actually digging it? Are they digging in or are they reluctantly saying, Kate's making us do this? Um, we have tremendous engagement with the program. In fact, 2023 was our greatest year ever. We had 97% of our people across Australia, New Zealand and our institutional businesses participating actively uh, in the program. So that's basically doing everything from the annual self-assessment all the way through to completing their core curriculum. And we know certainly satisfaction, you know, when it comes to the My Voice survey that ANZ conducts annually around um, how satisfied am I that ANZ is investing in my growth and development, that someone in the organisation has an interest in my career development, we are seeing consistently uplift in those scores, which is incredibly pleasing for us. Catherine, you, I think, too, are aligned on all this. Um, if you're not, it's going to get interesting on the podcast. But what are you seeing more broadly in new marketing capability requirements and what's been the focus uh, with your team? And welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, certainly seeing a lot of the things that Kate and Bronwyn are talking about. And again, it's really just about the core of having those core skills and competencies to be able to have a really high performing and delivering team that's really with high satisfaction. So absolutely agree with everything um, that both Kate and Bronwyn have said. What we're seeing very much at Destination New South Wales is that we've always sort of played and you, you sort of alluded to that point in that performance marketing side down in the conversion um, end of the funnel, right at the bottom of the funnel. Being a New South Wales government agency, that's where we've had to play. We need to demonstrate the return on that investment. If we've got taxpayers' dollars and we've got a dollar to spend, we absolutely need to demonstrate that we're going to see a return on that dollar and, and demonstrate the value that marketing can, can deliver to that. So, but the challenge for us now is like, how do we come further up the, up the funnel to that brand awareness, to that consideration um, part of the funnel, the top end of the funnel, and really putting the customer at the centre and at the heart of all of those decisions that we need to make. And so for us, when I joined Destination New South Wales, one of the key things we put in place was recognising that we didn't have a role really to own and who owned the customer. So we created a customer experience role that really identifies and can track the journey of that customer through that decision journey, through their decision-making process, all the way from awareness all the way through to making that booking or plan plan to book for that that next holiday, obviously coming to Sydney and New South Wales as a result. So for us, it was really important to make sure we were building that muscle and building that um, the skills and the competencies to really identify what is going to make a, a traveller or a visitor come to Sydney and New South Wales. What are those triggers? What are those things that we're influencing and enticing and encouraging them, encouraging them to come? And that was all, all about how do we build that brand? How do we build that brand awareness? How do we really track that customer all the way through that decision making? So um, for us, it's just continuing to deliver on that and continuing to put those, I suppose, programs in place to make sure that we've got that customer at the centre of all and at the heart of all of our decision making. Some really good points there, Catherine. And I guess one of the things I'm keen to understand is with your focus, historical focus on performance and lower funnel, do those sort of performance teams understand and accept the role of sort of either brand or building awareness and consideration further up? Or has it been a, an educational process to go, oh, okay, there's another block that can sit on top here? Oh, no, absolutely. They they get it because 
in the past, traditionally, they've done a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Like, so they've had to play at the awareness level and or the content and and also then in the conversion um, part of that funnel. So having the two work in tandem and a focus on that brand marketing and the brand building and, not an or, and also the conversion part of the performance marketing of the funnel has just meant that we can see and, and we're seeing that come through a lot of our results, just continues to grow from strength to strength. And I think this is a challenge for a lot of marketers is where it's it's not a debate of either or, it has to be an and, it has to be an and. And striking that balance between the two and making sure you've got the right balance for that right market, for the right environment and for the um, challenges or circumstances that you're currently facing into. And it doesn't mean that one, you know, sometimes you need to upweight your brand and, and that may be the right time to do that. And sometimes you need to upweight your performance uh, marketing. But for us, at, at, uh, and certainly in, in tradition, traditionally of how and where we've played, that bringing that brand awareness and bringing a focus on that customer um, in the more recent years has certainly seen that in the outcomes and the results that we're seeing. And our brand metrics continue to grow and equally our, our return on that investment and, and the campaign performance marketing continues to grow. So just on another quick question for you, Catherine, is in and around that customer experience capability that you've built out, who or what types of people are you looking for for that? Because this is probably in one of the areas that Bronwyn's sort of saying has got some emerging demand for and more capability needed. But who did you or what type of people did you did you hire for your, your CX you know, function? Yeah, so what we did was look to the market. And uh, a lot of it is, I think, from advertising background, a lot of people who um, have that skill and competency, who bring that and have a thorough understanding the customer and how do you get into their shoes, essentially understanding what those customers are. For us, it's the visitor. What do they wake up in the morning and have for breakfast sometimes? And how do you bring that to bear? And having that process that comes through in advertising, the foundations of sometimes in advertising does actually translate into a commercial sense of saying, right, they've got that process in their mind. They've got the methodology of how you unpack that so often going into advertising world or into advertising agencies can often be a good place to start um, because they've got that foundation and they've got those fundamentals from the very outset. Yeah, great point. So Rochelle, you've perhaps got a different set of challenges at Deloitte in a B2B context, or maybe not. I think you're about to tell me. What's your take on, on the capabilities gap from where you sit at Deloitte in a B2B context? Um, you're thinking, I think, a lot around the future of work being skills-based, not job-based, which is probably a really good sort of catalyst into this conversation, right? It's a very different way to think about things. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, I've worked in both fields. So I've worked in B2C and B2B, and I'm actually really pleased to say that I don't, we've never had so much in common. We are just marketers at the end of the day. And as I sit here looking through the lens of professional services, I think there's actually a lot of commonality in terms of the capability challenges that we're facing. And again, when you think about it, the buyers of our services are very similar to the buyers of Catherine Kate's Bronwyn services in terms of their needs are rapidly changing. They're becoming more sophisticated. The problems we're all trying to solve for are getting more complex in a vulnerable market. So actually a lot more commonality than many might realise. There's probably a couple of areas to put a finer point on from my perspective of capabilities 
that we're looking to upskill in. The first one, and a lot of these tend to fall in the business competencies category of the new AMI framework. The first one is that commercial acumen. Vitally important to be talking the language of the business, really demonstrating that tangible, measurable impact. The other one is brand and really seeing the collapsing of client brand and the employer brand and client experience and employer experience, really interesting space that is collapsing into what is being seen as as just one brand. And that is coming into your remit, Rochelle, that that employee uh, client sort of sinking. Yeah, it's becoming a shared remit. Really right. thinking, thinking seriously about how does our employer experience extend out into our client experience, which again I think is a really fantastic thing. And then I think the other area that I'm really noticing a need for refreshing or building skills, and I think in the AMI framework it's org capabilities and governance and I think about it in marketing operations and indeed as we continue to transform our marketing department and as you said before I've got 270 people working across the full funnel the full client experience we have to continually keep up to speed in terms of how we are delivering our services to the business and clients and that Marketing operations dimension is a really valuable capability and underneath that change management, you know, leading the team through this period of change and having that two speed, you know, maintaining the business of today and building the business of tomorrow, really fundamental. The marketing ops side of it, unpack that a little bit, Rochelle. What, what does that mean for Deloitte? Is it sort of, what sort of capability are we talking about there? This is sort of organisational project management stuff, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's... um down to strategy, design, org design, uh, as I said before, the change management in terms of how quickly do we roll out transformations, how much can our clients, how, how ready are our clients, how ready are our people for change. So, yeah, it's really coming back to strategy, operations, and then the marrying of the comms and change with that. You mentioned commercial acumen or commercial understand a better commercial understanding of business of the business that someone might be working in. Do you think at the moment that uh, sort of marketing uh, at whatever level, you know, below senior, I assume, I'd kind of guess, recognise the need for that, Rochelle, and particularly in your team, or is it something you've got to build the awareness and go actually for your career to develop, you need this, or do they get it? I think on the whole, they get it very much that that has changed over the last couple of years and 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 it's and it's setting our expectations of of what does performance look like it is articulated in there that we're looking for you to show tangible measurable impact so we set the expectation but i think the team are also seeing how the recognition from the business changes when we're talking the language of the business so not only profiling the beautiful thought leadership, the incredible event that we hosted, not just about the experience, but when we talk about, and then how did that drive opportunities for pipeline? How did that change the client feedback? When we actually bring the performance metric into the conversation, how that elevates it through the business. So it's it's setting expectations. And I think the team are really seeing and feeling the difference when we, we express our impact differently. 
Yeah, makes sense. So, Bronwyn, let's um, maybe have a quick lowdown on what this new market competency framework um, from the, the AMI is. And to Rochelle's point, uh, you know, the business pillar, commercial understanding is one core part of this, right? But just run us through a little bit more detail on this competency framework, and then we'll get to what you hope it's going to um, to achieve in market. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, well, it is the AMI's Marketing Competency Framework, um, and I think, as I said before, but I'll say it again, it's 25 competencies across marketing, core and technical business and people, and it was designed to ensure that marketers are proficient and also that we have a pipeline um, of marketers that are qualified talent, um, which is really essential in our profession. Um, they're essential competencies and really they're relevant across all stages of a marketer's career because we in here have five levels of proficiency from beginner to all the way up to expert. So we have beginner, advanced beginner, competent, proficient, and expert. So five levels of proficiency. Um, which inside are each of those competencies? In each side, each one. So you may mm. take insights, for instance, which is the number one competency, and then we would have five levels of proficiency, and then there would be behaviour um, that you would um, exhibit um, if you're proficient within that um, competency as a right. beginner, and that's going to be quite different if you're proficient and quite different if you're an expert. Um, and so obviously that's to support you at every stage of your career, not just when you um, enter the workforce from university and are a career starter or mid-career. Um, it's for our you know senior leaders as well. Um, and as it was being said before, everyone's not meant to be an expert in all 25 competencies. Um, but certainly by the time that you get to that senior leader level, you're going to be definitely proficient in a lot of them. And mm. some of them you will pull levers on depending on that role or the business that you're in and be more expert. And it's really, you know, again, there's no one size fits all. Um, but we have talked to a number of different industry vertical CMOs, 50 of them, in fact, um, so that we've got everything from government, professional services, FMCG, retail, financial services, you name it, we've talked to them to try to get input into that. But it does provide a consistent structure for a wide variety of marketing jobs and roles. And as I said, I've also talked globally um, to my counterparts globally on this, and it's relevant globally as well. And these are the skills that you require for, you know, our future senior leaders. I mean, the beauty about this is that you can then go and use it as an individual to identify your gaps at the stage of your career you're at, what you need to fill to get to the next stage. But also, if you're a leader of a group of people, you can use it to understand, well, where are some of the gaps within my team um, that are required for the roles that I have and the skills that I require? So, you know, the plug for the Australian Marketing Institute, you can come in and have access to this as a member, um, as an individual or as a corporate. Corporate. So it really is a member benefit and it's fundamental to our proposition um, that we see this is something that we as, a as an organisation that represents career marketers should have for career marketers. But, you know, as, if I just go on a little bit more about it um, to pick up, I mean, I have talked about the core skills quite a lot. The technical marketing skills obviously go deeper into, you know, content creation, marketing comms, MarTech. But then some of the other areas that we cover in there is skills and some of the newer skills like sustainability, ones that I have a lot of passion like Rochelle around, which is commercial acumen. Um, marketers need to be commercial. Um, innovation, 
And then some of the others in the people area are like interpersonal skills, collaboration, resilience, which, you know, I'd say if you're not resilient as a senior marketer, you may as well give up your job. Yeah, or <laughs> so, well, even as a human um, these days, actually, I'd say, Roman. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, as I said, they're, they're, it's it's basically across all those different those different um, competencies, five levels of proficiency. Um, it's extremely detailed tool, and uh, as I said, you, you we're the only place that offers this in Australia. What I love about it too, and Paul, you were asking me before about future of work and skills based, and I think the breadth of twenty five different competencies is is really great, and then those multiple layers is really great in terms of what the modern work structure is going to look like in marketing teams, and indeed. Delivery based on skills versus jobs, I think, is is very much occurring now, and I think is very much going to be suitable for the future as we you know, need to meet the needs of agility, agency, equity. I think this breadth of competencies being um, delivered through the framework really sets a marketer up with a great toolkit to be able to deliver de- and vary up depending on the problems they're trying to solve for. I might surprise you with this question, um, Rochelle, but what are you seeing inside Deloitte more generally or inside your team on that skills-based capability versus job? Is there things changing inside your organisation that point to that already? Is, is Deloitte doing some things there that sort of reflect that? Yeah. Well, one of the areas where we started to experiment with this, and again, experimentation I think is the key word for the period that we as marketers and marketing leaders are going through. But one of the areas we've looked at is um, campaign management. And rather than having um, specific campaign managers at a job level, we're really thinking about, well, breaking that down. What are the skills sitting underneath? It's project management. It's deep client experience expertise or it's expertise in in digital. And rather than uh, align a job with a delivery of a campaign, we're actually looking at well, what is the profile of competency we need to deliver on the campaign. So that's one area where we're starting to experiment is campaign delivery. Mm. Great example. And I think this is probably where I'll go to the rest of the panel as we wind this up. I'm interested in all of your views really on this this argument that does marketing or this question really is does marketing need to get to some sort of baseline accreditation like a chartered accountant, like a CPA, marketing sort of doesn't have a really driving certification program like this, the AMI is sort of coming back on this, do we need it? And so Kate, I think um, we'll start with you and you do tap into the AMI, right? So you, you recognise something there. Yes, indeed. So we have a very strong partnership with the AMI to complement our in-house program. And, uh, and one of the complements that we, uh, we leverage from the AMI is their Certified Practicing Marketer Accreditation. So that's a really important um, you know, piece for our marketers to not only be uh, leveraging an internally endorsed uh, program, but also to be making sure that they have credentials um, through our program that are ex- externally recognised. And I do think as an industry, you know, we are facing into common challenges um, and ever-evolving, you know, customer in terms of their needs, as Rochelle uh, pointed out. I think the the opportunity to rally together and to think about what are the needs, um, what are the fundamentals, what are the core capabilities and skills that all marketers need to have in order to be successful and having an industry accreditation or certification that 
announces that would be an incredibly uh, important thing to have and I think would certainly move our industry forward. Catherine, your take on this? Yeah, absolutely agree with Kate and uh, everything that everybody else has said so far. And I think it's shifting that uh, perception. It absolutely is a perception that you know marketing is a cost centre or you know, go and make it look pretty girls, let the colouring in club. And how do you suddenly shift from if it's a cost centre, demonstrate the value that marketing can bring to the table as a growth engine and a driver of demand and being able to have those conversations and a voice at the table with the C-suite and absolutely bringing that customer centricity to heart. And by having that level playing field, um, because essentially everything we've been talking about today is very much the ever-evolving and changing requirements and the skills and competencies required of marketers, and they have changed so far and further than any other role on the C-suite. So, I mean, from financially literate, uh, commercial-minded, as well as digital and IT, we're straddling. We're like almost like bilingual across not only the IT department and the financial department and then to the solving these business problems and having the a, a level of competency and skills and a framework and, and structure that you can work within to be able to demonstrate those particular skills you need to be able to advance, step up your career, or and equally identifying where those gaps are, just makes it so much more easier for a lot of the marketers to identify what are that particular skill that's going to take me to that next step. So absolutely agree with everything that's been said. Uh, Rochelle, um, I think you probably will too, but that that framework, either a certified practicing marketer or, or the levels below and above, having an industry-wide standard works should happen? Absolutely. We are already playing at that level. It's recognition well-deserved. Quick plans, Bronwyn, on what happens from here with the program. So you're about to launch it and then from next year it's it's all go is it, or is it live now? Uh, from next year, it's all go. It's uh, we we also at the Australian Marketing Institute have decided we need to upgrade our customer experience. So uh, we're about to relaunch our, our website, uh, hopefully in in December. So watch this space. Um, so when you're hearing this, I'm hoping it's live. And if it's not, everyone, it will be by January. So uh, we're just uh, running through it to make sure it's all it all flows in a great customer experience. So right, well, uh, it will be live, and for all of our members, live for next year. Um, and we're going to continuously work on it. You know, we're already working on what does 2.0 mean for it. Um, I'm working a lot with a lot of uh, large organisations. ANZ is one, but others um, who are coming on board um, and challenging us as well about other ways that we can use the tool. How can we develop other elements of the tools? I mean, there's a career guide you can download and self-assess that will be available now, but what else will we have for the future? So we are rapidly working on a lot of other things as well. So, And quickly, what are the ambitions for the AMI on in terms of membership in the program, participation and certification, uh, Bronwyn? Do you have a – is there a North Star there? Uh, I won't say the number here, um, oh, but definitely on. come on. Oh, I'd, I'd like to uh, – I, I mean, I have an ambition of us having 10,000 members and I also – have a, an ambition probably of doubling our size, um, which we have been. Um, I'm happy to say uh, we have actually increased <laughs> our size and, size and you know, and we've, we're relaunching our brand. I mean, like any mm. marketer, we're relaunching our brand, relaunching our experience. To me, I'm at um, the start of that journey after 18 months of getting us to here. To me, next year, 2024, is an exciting time to be part of AMI. We are 
re-looking at everything that we're doing. Um, we're really wanting to create a community of marketers. And I mean, to me, it's really special that today I could call on, you know, three marketers who are part of our community to come and talk about their connection with AMI. Um, we have a lot of others. So I'd say anyone who isn't part of this community, join us and be part of a profession and profess we are a profession because we are a profession just like every other profession out there. We have all got lots of experience, lots of education and a lot to offer um, organisations into the future um, as they're looking for growth. Bronwyn, well, the- I love your use of community there. That's such a perfect term and I think as a marketer that warms my heart to think of like-minded people coming together not only to lift the quality and impact of marketing today but I think that community coming together to redefine the role of marketing to the future, I think, is incredibly exciting. It's the AMI walking the talk, really, isn't it, around marketing? Mm. So um, well done on that one, Bronwyn. I'm going to wrap this up with our final quick thoughts um, and key watchouts for the next 12 months from the perspective of, of all of you in, in, in terms of business and marketing and capabilities, really. So maybe I'll start with um, Kate. Your, you know, The next 12 months, what's high on your radar for your team and the market generally? Um, I think it's not losing sight of um, the balance of the, the short and the long term. So what I mean is focusing on the critical capabilities we need to create value for organisations today um, and to be seen as that profession that drives growth, but also making sure that you are upskilling and you are reskilling your people today for what will be the capability required and the marketing work that they will be doing in two, three, five years' time. Um, Rochelle, key watchouts and what next um, for you at Deloitte? First one's mindset. We've got to all stay in that growth mindset. I think the minute we think we've got it, it's going to move. So I think it's growth mindset, intentional experimentation. I touched on that before. Sensing, I think elevating multiple different data points as marketers to try and anticipate where the market's going, where the client's going, using AI in that to enhance that. And I don't think there's some really interesting stuff coming out of fields like neuroscience. And so I think it's like really opening our mind to what other fields are around marketing that could help us bring science into what we do and move from a, I think, to I know science-based analysis. I think that's going to be really interesting. Totally. Um, Catherine, your final thoughts? Yeah, let's not lose sight of our purpose not lose sight of our ambition um, just because if it is Gen AI or if it's a MarTech stack or whatever it may be is something that's coming across our bow, use those as the tools to enable the delivery of your purpose, enable the delivery of your strategy and not be the strategy itself. So just keeping that in mind, come back to your purpose, your strategy, what you set out to achieve. Bronwyn, your final thoughts for the next 12 months. I just think it's rapidly changing and everything that my peers have just said, I I totally buy into. I mean, the piece I just keep on hearing, and I suppose it's, uh, you know, the skills that people need to get is data analytics, commercial acumen, AI. And I'm going to give a plug for we need to increase the ethical marketing component um, Mm -hmm. of, of why we turn up every day. We are ethical marketers, all the people on this call, and uh, we need to ensure that our industry remains that way. So that's a big piece that I have a lot of passion around. And the final question for me is leadership teams clearly uh, want and need this sort of capability lift, Bronwyn. Do you think in the main that those that are coming through the marketing profession are as equally hungry to develop their skills or do they need sort of to be shown the way? Is the hunger there as much in, in emerging talent, I guess, is the question? 
I think the hunger is probably more in emerging talent than it is in some of the mid-career and more senior talent, to be honest with you, because I think some of the some of the more senior are just trying to hold on to what they've got or the past sometimes. So I mean, I, I think it's relevant across all of it. I see a lot of emerging marketers who are throwing themselves into a lot in terms of what their career is. I actually thought you were going to ask Paul, was it the other was on the on the C-suite? And I was going to say, I'm talking to other associations like accountants about whether they need some of these skills in terms of upskilling as well on the C-suite. But Bromman, are you talking to anyone in the C-suite about what you're doing here or where they need these skills? There we you are. go. I just asked the I'm question. Talking, I'm talking to CEOs about this as well. I'm talking to uh, finance uh, groups. I'm talking to accountants. I'm talking to other um, areas and other associations that they need some of these skills as well because, trust me, uh, you know, I think the CFO has now worked out if I can understand marketing a bit more, I can understand. Might be a bit of magic. There could be some magic there. And, you know, yeah. and I also say, you know, if the CFO and the CMO actually have a great working relationship, there will be extreme magic. So, Catherine Illy, Bronwyn Powell, Rochelle Tognetti, Kate Young, really, really important conversation. I've learned a bit. So thank you and good luck with the endeavours next year. I'm sure uh, we'll be all over this and following it. Um, so it's nearly Christmas. Put your capabilities at top of the pop and then we'll come back in, um, in the new year. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Paul. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Thank you. This MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.